What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? If you had all the money, all the time, all the knowledge, all the resources that you needed? What would you do with your life if you simply knew that anything was possible for you? My name is Christina Carlson, founder of Global Swedish Design and stationery brand Kiki K, and author of the book Your Dream Life Starts Here. And I love exploring these sorts of questions to inspire people to dream. Before I started Kiki K, I had a dream that I could bring Swedish design to the world to create beautiful products that bring sparks of joy into the everyday lives of millions. Now that I have achieved that dream, I want to help you dream big. I want to create a global movement to inspire 101 million dreamers to transform their lives and transform the world in return. Each episode, I'll be talking to some of the world's most inspiring people, exploring the powerful impact that dreaming has had on their lives. We'll be diving deep into the power of dreaming with real insights and ideas that you can use immediately to build a dream life of your own, whatever that means for you. This episode, I had the pleasure of catching up with one of my dear friends, Janine Ellis, the hugely successful businesswoman behind global juice bar sensation, Boost Juice, part owner of its parent company, Riedal Zoo, and the name behind countless other business ventures. Well known for her adventurous spirit, her resilience, and her get-it-done attitude, she has become one of Australia's most successful entrepreneurs, named Telsner Businesswoman of the Year twice, with many other business accolades to her name. Surprisingly, Janine didn't start her career as an entrepreneur. After leaving school at just 16, with no formal training as such, her success story has been anything but overnight. Prior to her success as an entrepreneur, Janine's career spanned across everything from media assistant to an advertising agency to modeling, nannying in France, working as a promotions executive in Portugal, a camp counselor in the USA, and a stewardess at David Bowie's yacht, a touring agent for USA comedians. And this was all well before Boost Juice was even a thought. A mother of four, author of the best-selling book, The Accidental Entrepreneur, an investing shark on Australia's Shark Tank, and host of her own podcast, Superwoman We Ain't. Janine is never one to shy away from a challenge, most recently jumping right out of her comfort zone as one of the contestants on Australian Survivor, Champion versus Contenders. Janine has been a huge source of inspiration for me in business, as well as personally, and I cannot wait for you to hear this honest, candid chat where you will discover that you will gain the most in life by just going for it, being courageous, making mistakes, learning from them and going for it again. Why starting and succeeding in business take resilience and a deep inner strength. The importance of innovating with the times when it comes to staying relevant in business. The power of learning and arming yourself with as much knowledge as you can. That if you have a love and passion for your work, you'll be able to give it your all without it feeling like a chore. The importance of taking time to consider what you really want your life to look like. That even the world's most successful people are human and make mistakes just like we do. The benefits of blocking out time for yourself no matter how busy you are, and so much more. 
You are going to love hearing from Janine. So let's get right into it. Hello, Janine. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am so incredibly excited for our listeners to hear from you and all the inspiration and wisdom you have to share. So before we get into the podcast and we already started, but I love to, obviously we're going to talk about so many of your achievements and what you've been doing. But before we jump into all that, I love to ask everyone, did you have a dream as a child to to do something? Look, I don't know if I was one of those kids that did the, oh, I dreamed to be an astronaut or I dreamed to be that. I think um, I was more of a uh, I certainly wasn't an entrepreneur, certainly wasn't the person that had the lemonade stand. That wasn't me. But I was the adventurer. I wanted to see the world. So for me, it was like I knew that, you know, Baronia, where I grew up, was this tiny little suburb, but I knew there was more. And so my dream was to sort of spread my wings and and just see what what more looked like. Yeah. And you have certainly lived that dream. So tell us a little bit about your story. I think it'd be great. To, I mean, obviously, we, we can talk about, you know, the global phenomenon boost juice and the parent company retail zoo and also uh, we need to talk about um, sharks in australia it's shark tank and i think you also authored the best-selling book the accidental entrepreneur yes yeah i did so lots of things to talk about and of course, four kids, uh, you know, I never, we need to talk about, I never ever forget when you, you told me the story about um, that you, I think you forgot a child at home that the oh, banker yeah. was asking you, I know. Hey, how's your child? And you're like, oh, forgot. Shit, where are they? I know. I mean, I have got so many bad parent stories. It's not funny. I'm surprised they're actually relatively sane and I haven't done any therapy with the kids. No, it's true. I was went to, I went to the bank manager for a loan and, you know, when, you, when you've got babies, you're so tired and yeah. so fatigued and we basically walked and was lucky to have mum helping and we walked out the door, got in the car, drove two kilometres up the road to the bank and she said to me, oh, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm, I'm currently on maternity leave. And I went, shit, where's my child? I literally, my child was asleep at home on its own. Like it was horrific. So, I mean, he's now, you know, living in Mexico for studying Mexico and he's now 21. So he survived me. But yeah, I mean, but then again, you know, I think you've got to be kind of kind to yourself because, you know, we're all human, yeah. right? We make mistakes. Yeah. We don't get it right all the time. I mean, I spoke to a, a new mum the other day and she's going, I can't even know when to eat, feed them when they're not. But we have no idea, do yeah. we? And that's the same with business. You yeah. just kind of work it out. I know, you know, we started business sort of a similar sort of time and, you know, we both sort of went, wouldn't it be good if, you know, you were like, wouldn't it be good if we had truly inspirational, wonderful stationery? I'm going, well, wouldn't it be good if we can get more fruit and vegetables in people's diet? But it starts with that vision and neither of us had any idea and we just had it a crack. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about how you started because I think that would be really interesting how you actually started because basically you you um, just bought a juice juicer or a, or a mixer or whatever you call them and started on your kitchen bank, yeah, bench, yeah. Well, look, it was really that, um, you know, I, I was on maternity leave when had had Riley, who um, who's now 20, and I didn't actually want to work for someone again. So I was looking for a new business. I was looking for a business. So even though my entrepreneurial spirit didn't start when I was a kid, it certainly started when I was an adult. Yeah. And so I was 32 and Jeff was in radio, my husband, and we looked at a number of businesses. We looked at publishing. We looked at touring comedians because I was in publicity and he was in radio. 
and none of them made money. It was an absolute disaster. And then we went to a trip in America. I went to a trip in America. Jeff had a radio junket over there. And we saw the category over there, but I didn't like the concepts. But it, it just came back with, hey, juice and smoothies, delicious smoothies and juices. This could work in Australia with my zero experience in business. And yes, got into the computer and wrote the word business plan and try and formulated it and got going. Wow. So what was your, tell us a little bit about more about the steps because I think you opened your first Boost Juice in Adelaide. Yes. Yeah, tell us about that. Which was really stupid, really. I mean, who opens any first concept that they're doing in a business? <laughs> I think it's really clever. a state that you never live. I mean, that was smart. Look, it actually was, in, in hindsight, I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing, it actually worked out. My, I was lucky. I, got, I was lucky I got a really great manager who, yeah. who was really running the stores. But one of the benefits of that is because I wasn't living in the state and I was on the, a plane a lot, but I was working on the business instead of in the business because yeah. I think what happened with business they suck you in yeah. so you find that you, you you believe that you can't no one can do customer service like I can or love the customers like I can right <laughs> so you never leave the counter yeah I mean so in actual fact getting the business started and getting going quickly worked really well by not working in it yeah yeah so tell us a little bit about if someone wants to start a business like today because you're still in the business in not as I guess not in it, but working on it. Yes. So give us some tips for the person who is listening who wants to start their own business. What what would your steps be? I think the first and foremost is, as I think you and I agree, business isn't for everyone. Yeah. Right? You need to have a certain amount of tenacity. I, I sort of relate it to climbing Everest, not that I've ever climbed Everest, right? Yeah. And I have no desire to climb Everest, but I relate it to Everest, right? There's base camp. You know, and most people can get to base camp pretty comfortably. But it's the business people that can get to the top of Everest and the summit are the ones that really should do it. Because, you know, you and I both know, right? You um you start a business, right? You put every cent you possibly have into it. You sold Paul's house, I sold my house, right? And we put all that money into because banks won't touch you. Then you make sure that you don't earn a cent for years because everyone else has to be paid before you. And then maybe three years in, you might start thinking about a salary, right? Now, that's not for everyone. No. Right. And it's not also what a lot of people can even afford to do. You know, life gets in the way, kids get in the way, school fees, houses, mortgage. So first and foremost, find out if it's really what you want to do, Yeah. you know, because it isn't for the faint-hearted. And it, and it is, you know, four out of five businesses fail in the first five years mm-hmm. and it's, they're hungry for cash. And, but if you are built for it, it is a really great ride. It's a difference between, I see it as difference between getting on the roller coaster ride, which you've got the massive highs and massive lows or the merry-go-round, right? <laughs> the merry-go-round's cool, right? Safe. It yeah. moves up slowly, right? No one's going to get hurt on the merry-go-round, right? But the roller coaster, mm. you know, you're looking at the sky and going, oh my God, and you're looking down that thing and going, shit, am I going to survive this? So it's so describe it so well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very visual. That's how I see things, right? And it depends, you know, when you have some days at work, right? And every single phone call is like, oh my God, it's a win. It's a win. It's yeah. a win. And then the next day, it's like the moon moves into the wrong orbit and every phone call is like a disaster. You feel like you just go, okay, stop. I'm going to bed. I'll get up next day and we'll, we'll be all fine. Yeah. You know, I think we were, someone was walking around saying, you know, there was a bit of a henny penny going, the sky is falling because something's going wrong. I have no idea what's going wrong in the business, but something is. But that's business. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I think one of the tips, the tips is surround yourself by great support. Mm. You know, I know both of us work with our partners and, you know, that, that has its positives and negatives. Yeah. And, you know, but, you know, we have great support from them. The second thing is, you know, don't leave the numbers to other people. You know, I think that your, your answers to your business is very much in that number. So embrace the boring stuff. And the third is make sure you run your business as a creative, you know, so really continue to have that curious mind and that creative streak to continue to innovate and grow your business. Yeah. Such a good advice. <laughs> I think I might take that on. <laughs> I know, exactly. I know I should take it on myself sometimes. And we get it wrong, you know, yeah. we get it wrong. Yeah. And it's just trying to fix it quick. Yeah. What have you learned in the last 20 years or so um, in terms of the change because obviously everything is changing but I guess yeah. in your industry food and um, experience is still very very um, thriving in many ways. Look it is and it isn't I mean at the end of the day what's moved is the fact that people have now transferred their lives to their their smartphones yeah you know Australia has a 90 percent 90% of the people in Australia have a smartphone. There's 19.3 million smartphones in Australia. There's yeah. more smartphones talking to smartphones than humans in the, on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. So that's changed. So because that's changed, we've had to change. And even though, yes, you, uh, you, you know, food is food and we can't do that digitally right now. Hopefully we never can. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we've, we have to market differently. We have to communicate to our customers differently because they're, they're acting differently. Yeah. So we are, we we focus very much on the app. We focus very much on the digital world. We have humor in our social. We work social really hard. We, we love our customers through all of our touch points. So, but, and, you know, and we're also even on the store wise, you know, we've got, you know, digital screens. We're looking at ways of, of serving people quicker because really we shouldn't be telling people how to do it. They should be telling us, yeah. you know, they might, that some people might want to get on the app and buy a smoothie on the app. Trust me, I would, would, if you don't want to queue. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's, that's my life. I, I, I call people. I'll do the old fashioned way. I do. Yeah, I, do. <laughs> I call ahead. Yeah. We just go on the app. Yeah. You do it. Yeah. Rock it up. Yeah. They hand it to you, walk away. It's yeah. awesome. And, you know, delivery is massive. You know, we've got to really move where the consumer is. So people are going, you know, Uber Eats at Deliveroo's and Menu Log, all of these businesses are really changing the way people consume food. Yeah. You know, and so, so people just get online and go, what do I want for dinner? I'll have that. Yeah. So it's, it is, there is many changes in the food space, but you've got to, like we send our, we call him a a chief innovation officer. We send him all over the world to find out what's the latest and greatest things. So we, we are as much ahead as we can. Yeah. Smart thinking. Really good, really good. So tell us a little bit about Shark Tank. You must see so many amazing business ideas and inspiring entrepreneurs. But you must also see many ideas that should succeed but don't. What do you think is the key thing people who do succeed have in common? We, we touched a little bit about that, but I think, you know, is there a common ground where, why bis- business don't get off the, the, its feet or get started? I think it's an um, inner strength from the people because yeah. the reality is what, what, what is one thing guaranteed with businesses you'll have problems to solve, yeah. right? guaranteed. And it's those, it's that really deep seed tenacity to work through every problem is what makes a difference. Like yeah. it's not necessarily the most bubbly person or the most, most articulate person. It's that person that has that fortitude to keep going when everyone gives up. Yeah. And even in, in Shark Tank, you know, you might have the best business in the world or the best product in the world. 
But without that fortitude, you just can't get anywhere yeah. because at the start, you're everything. Yeah. You, know, you have to be the delivery driver. You have to be the product design. You have to be the marketer. You have to be the accounts person. You're everything. Yeah. And, you know, sure, when you get bigger, you can start to hire people smarter than yourself and, you know, hopefully, you know, they work out and sometimes they don't. <laughs> but, you know, and, but, you know and, but when they don't, you've got to act fast because yeah. the, the success and failure of all businesses is the people that you sort of hire and surround yourself with. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about, I think your podcast is actually called Superwoman We Ain't. Yes. And I uh, I think I've heard of you talk about work-life balance because I don't think you believe in work-life balance. Well, how's so yours then- going, Christina? <laughs> how's it going for you? <laughs> you know, I... I Sitting um, here with jet lag and being on many planes. What do you think about for work? <laughs> I, I, um, well, I, I, uh, I do believe that you can create work-life balance the way you want to have it. So, so if you, but it's up, it's up to each person to work out what that is. But sometimes you have to give a lot to the business, and sometimes you can give a lot to yourself. But you have to decide what is right for you. Uh, that's my my view. But when you're a startup, absolutely. Yeah. But also the needs of the business too, isn't it? Yeah. Like, but but I don't you think that. In when you run your own business, there's not work-life balance. There's just life. Yeah, absolutely. But if you do something you love, I feel like you know. I used to come here to Shadston actually, and um, and uh, with a bottle of red and Paul, and uh, to say, hey, can you work on the computers while I redo the stores? And Paul's <laughs> like, oh no, you're going to be here for hours. And I used to sometimes. You know, still be there when people came and opened the store because I just not drinking the wine. At yeah, the yeah, that's right. Yeah, the store. Yeah, that's because you were pissed and you passed out. Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 not at all. But more, I just loved it so much. I do think yeah. that if you if you start something you're really passionate about, that I think that's always number one. If you love it, you the, the life is what you you know you love it so much. Like I used to go yeah. to the warehouse on the weekends and absolutely love tidying it and and rather do that than going to you know the races or you yeah. know. So, so in that way, I, I think there's no balance. But it's just life, absolutely. Yeah, but, but the thing is, though, people think that business is bad or work is bad, right? Yeah. So you're saying, hey, if I, would, I, would I rather go to the races or would I rather go and be in my store and make sure that it's beautiful and organised and beautiful? You go, we'll take two. So that is your passion. Yeah. So it's not like a chore. No, exactly. You have, yeah. But I was similar. I remember thinking, you know, bloody hell, it's two a.m. I really should put the computer down, but I really need to. Didn't have to get. To but I was just so stimulated yeah, by it. Yeah. And I think that's the difference. Yeah. The difference is that love and passion for it because you couldn't to, – to do what we've done, you have to give everything to it and you couldn't give everything to it until you, unless you loved it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's and it's the minutiae. It's the thing like, you know, I'm sure you do the same thing. You walk near a store and you go and you might be with someone and they go, oh, the store looks great. And you're in your head you're going, that's not right, that's not right, that's not right. I remember Roger Gillespie from Baker's Delight said to me, I'm in a state of constant depression. I went, oh, Roger, that's very sad. I'm sorry about that. I said, why? And he said, because the stores are never perfect. Yeah. And I went, oh, my God, I get that. Mm. You know, even the other day I went to a booth store and the girl was great and all that sort of stuff. And I'm sitting there going, the cup shouldn't be there and that's not there and that's not right and that's all right. And, then, and you leave and go, yeah, that's great. And you send an email, <laughs> this all needs fixed by tomorrow. You know, and, but if we lose that care factor, yeah. it's what's the point? Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that obsessive attention to detail is what makes a business go from you know average or good to to great but also we're human right i don't know about you but there was times when i am human right, <laughs> no, yeah. you might not be human but me me however you know 
because we're human, there's some days we don't want to play. Yeah. Like, you know, we're both mums, right? But some days if they say that word once more, mum, I will scream, Yeah. right? And there's the same with work. Some days you just go, you know what, just don't. Yeah. Today um, it's a don't. Yeah. And I think people sort of look at you and just go, oh, you're just always on and you've always got the answers, but sometimes we don't yeah. and sometimes we don't want to play. Mostly we do, luckily. Yeah. But sometimes you don't. Yeah. And I think, you know, we have we have this um, thing between at home that on Sundays we never mention work because I want one day where I can actually look in a newspaper or magazine without thinking about the colour and Paul be saying, have you, have you thought of that? I'm like, not today. So I think you can put up some rules, especially when you work with yeah. your business partner um, yeah. uh, or your life partner, I should say. I think rules sometimes is good. But, you know, the rules are always broken by entrepreneurs, huh? aren't they? <laughs> I know my husband gave me a rule once because I did it to him all the time, right? Yeah. So, you know, when you're laying down, right, and your mind is never still, and just before he goes to sleep, I would go, Jeff, what do you think of the story? And he would just go, are you effing kidding me? Yeah. Seriously? And now what's – and I, then I'll roll over because I've got my answer, and he's sitting up going thinking about the question that I actually had. So <laughs> that was one rule that he, I had to sort of go – because I could sleep then because it was off my chest. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> but left it with yeah. him. But, yeah, and sometimes even wasn't on weekends or just sometimes you're really happy to discuss it and other times you just go – no, nah. yeah, not today. Pussy's yeah. very both. Yeah. I don't even want to have another another ounce in it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's that's you know the roller coaster you were talking about before. That really, really is, and the the amount of different things that you deal with in one day is yeah. uh, is. I always think it as about it would be a beautiful page in our you know memoir one day yeah. or or you know the Kiki K Journey book one day. There's always something to write about. No, there is. Now, dream life, right? So yeah. what, what inspired you to do that? Because I love that concept mm. because I think everyone needs to look towards the future and and, ha- and first of all, you have to recognise what your dream is yeah. to then actually go for it. Yeah. So um, so we really started with, you know, as, a, as a entrepreneurs, we always get invited to, um, to speak about our journey. So I used to do that a lot. And then I... Um, I feel like there are so many people that I meet that are not living their best mm. lives. So our purpose at Kiki is to inspire people to live their mm. best life. And, and we, we have four words, which is dreaming, doing, enjoying, and sharing. And I really do believe that everything should start with, share, uh, with dreaming because uh, my, the Kiki K journey started with me writing down what my dreams were, you know, in the, uh, my early 20s. And that's how – and Kiki K wasn't on there, but it was that I wanted to have my own business. And then Kiki K was born out of that. But – so many people that I get to meet, especially after I've been speaking, especially if I'm doing a dream workshop, um, helping people to really think about their dream, they always ask, what's next? Um, mm. And um, I do believe that dreaming, everything should start with a dream because sometimes as we grow up, we might have parents that have told us to go in a certain mm. path, which might not be your path. And I, I do feel like life is way too short. And um at the end of our life, we want to make sure that we don't die with any yeah. regrets. I don't want anyone to look back saying, oh, I wish I did that or, you know. And then sometimes we we don't wake up for until we have an illness or someone passes away and then mm. we realize, gosh, life really is short. Mm. So dream life came out of, of me wanting to share my tools on how I created my dream life. And it's been amazing so far. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. it, it is really good. What, what I like about it is that it actually triggers questions. Yeah. So in actual fact, sometimes people go, I have a dream, but I don't know how to go about it. Yeah. It's a really good structure to make. And even when I was looking through it, and I'm normally pretty good with, you know, yeah. you know what am I, where am I going? And, but it was really sort of, it was more, instead of the practical side of, I want to achieve this, it was more, how do I feel about the journey? Yeah. It was more about 
cutting through the the top layers and really going into thing and really really sit with yourself and ask yourself the questions what do you really want your life to yeah, look like yeah so where i have always five questions what would you do if you couldn't fail um because some of us think you know i'm not good at that or i you know i'm lacking self-belief or mm. you know but what if you couldn't fail what would you actually do and it's not that i'm not encouraging failure because i think we need to fail to yeah. learn and, and but quite but it's often more about fear stops yeah, people exactly doing it. So, so what would you do if fear. you couldn't fail if you had all the knowledge um and the resources because sometimes we stop ourselves because we don't think we're good enough or or mm. we don't have the help or the support so what would you do if you if you had that and what would you do if you had um Uh, all the uh, energy because sometimes we uh, we are not looking after ourselves and we're tired but if you had all the energy if you could do anything in the world and you know it's funny enough because I when I asked myself that question podcast came up and it's not really um, my strength and something that I thought that I would do but then I thought if I couldn't fail I would actually start my own podcast and here I am practicing yeah, right. <laughs> I'm happy to be your guinea pig <laughs> and you know I I, I, uh, I love a quote and I, it often comes up on this podcast and that is um, you don't have to be great to start but you actually have to start to be great yes. and that's something I really live by and I do believe that the comfort zone there is two different out of comfort zone one is if you have all the dreams but you're not doing anything about mm. it and then the second one is to do all your dreams but then do it will also be uncomfortable so you just have to decide which uncomfortable zone you want to be in and I'd rather be the one that I'm going to have a full interesting crazy roller coaster life yeah absolutely <laughs> or, or you know, I sort of think of it as you fake it until you make it yeah because <laughs> you know I started out was certainly not even not even a businesswoman I just sort of started yeah as basically common sense and actually I think about what start what or how I started and it was really based on uh, naivety yeah. because we didn't know what we didn't know no, right so we that. just we, so we kind of just so immediately we didn't have any barriers because yeah. we didn't have any barriers because we just went open a store and let's work it out and yeah. how do you work that out okay well there must be a way and we'll work through it yeah and the second thing was our fear yeah like I then went bloody hell, I've now got more liabilities than I can pay off in 10 lifetimes. I've got this business, got people actually relying on me. Shit, I now can't fail. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so naivety and fear. And so take away, you know, my capabilities. My capabilities were zero. I mean, I left school at 16. Yeah. So it really was a, a sort of that ability to go, I just have to learn as quick as I physically can yeah. and get on with it. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about how did how did you learn um, and I love, you know, we, on our wall, because you've been into our offices, um, don't say no, say how. There is yes. always a way. And it um, doesn't mean you have to say yes to everything. Of course, it's more about, you know, if you really want to find something out, you mm. can. So tell us a little bit about how you learned. Look, through necessity. I think yeah. nothing like having your house sold and, you know, there's, there's no, there is no way. You're, you're all in, honey. You're yeah. going to get there. Look, I learned because I took I took seriously the fact that there, we had a few investors come in and I found that a real burden yeah. and I didn't want – I was nearly – funnily enough, I didn't want to lose my own money, but I was nearly happier to lose my own money than someone else's. Yeah. And so for me, I was very much going – so if I had a contract, so most people go, I trust the lawyer, so tell me where to sign, right? I Instead, I went, I hate the fact I'm paying him $500 an hour. I hate it. Yeah. Hopefully, if I learn, if I sit with him and, and suck him drive with his knowledge about this contract, then next time I need to do anything legal, then I'll need him only half the time. Yeah. <laughs> so I would sit there. I was one of these rare people that read the whole contract and circled things. And so I would make him sit there and explain the whole contract and what it all meant. And what happened with that was my knowledge base of legalities 
then started to lift. And so then when I got into contract, other contracts, more complicated contracts, I could avoid a lot of the pitfalls because what you find out in business is that just because they're more educated and just because you're paying $500 an hour doesn't mean they make, they don't make mistakes. Yeah. And where the, and that's in all fields. And so the more knowledge I had and the, and the more I could educate myself, the better decisions I could make. Yeah. And so I would go in, I think you, you started the podcast saying we didn't know what we didn't know because yeah. I was aware of what I didn't know. I tried 10 times harder than the next person to understand everything I needed to do to make the decision instead of just relying willy-nilly on other people. Yeah. So I took that I took that responsibility really seriously. And even today I still, you know, go, okay, well, what don't I know? I mean, I, God, I would question anyone who would know more about trademarks in it than than I do in Australia and overseas because I've, you know, have because boost. I mean, you you were smart, right? You did Kiki K, right? Trademarking Kiki K wouldn't have been that hard. No. Trademarking a word called boost, mate, it was hard. <laughs> if I had my time again, I'd call it Kiki K, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kiki K juice. I mean, it could, it could work. So it was. Then we started joint venture. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Exactly. We also helped to get through trademarks. So it was, and that was a big learning. Is that I love my name, but it was I had to actually fight for it every all over the world. Yeah. Which then gives you that not great knowledge base. Yeah. So that's always the silver lining, yeah. Because you know, if you didn't have that, you you might not have yeah. been where you are today. No, correct. And that silver line, silver lining, is really important. Like someone said to me, they said. Tell me what you got wrong in business, what you learned from it. I said, well, look, I can honestly tell you, I can't think of anything I got wrong, yeah. right? doesn't mean I got things wrong. I got things wrong every single day. But when I think about the ones I got wrong, I immediately go to what did I learn from it? What system did I put in place? Yeah. Who did I fire for it? Like, what did I do for it? And all of those things that got wrong made the business to be the strong business it is today yeah. because now we have that mirror of, you know, when things go wrong, we blame everyone else, right? Um, now actually have this, everyone in the business has a mirror to look at ourselves and go, right, it's our fault. How do we fix it? So yeah. it's that constant battle that we have, you know, with ourselves to make sure we're accountable for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Thanks for sharing. Okay. So I know you're a huge advocate for a healthy lifestyle and you love yoga. I love when you came to one of our board meetings and you came in yoga pants because when I started a board, I thought it was had to be really formal with leather, <laughs> leather seats and really, you know, that's what I had in my head. And then you rocked up in your yoga gear. So I love that. Um, but I'd love to know how you managed to balance everything from work to family and making time for health and self-care. Do you have any non-negotiable when it comes to health that you can share that we can all be inspired by? Well, pretty much between 30 and 40, zero. Yep. Like it was... I think I played netball once a week and even on the netball court I was thinking about business. Um, but I didn't have friends because I didn't have time. I didn't do any exercise other than the netball game. I didn't um, – I was pretty much in my little bubble. Yeah. So there was no life balance. There was – it was – and healthy eating, you know, I wasn't – I never ate a lot of junk food but I certainly didn't have the time to put into my nutrition either. Yeah. So it was really when I turned 40 – and the business was starting to get big enough for me to actually start hiring people and to start to step away from the, the, the grind or the day to day that I actually went, I need to actually do something about myself. Yeah. And so it was interesting around that same time, I actually had Talia. And I sometimes wonder, I'm glad she's here, but I sometimes wonder that whether she was my 
catalyst to force me to stop. Mm. You know, because I had this yearning to nurture, but I'm not sure if I confused the yearning to nurture with that yearning to stop. <laughs> so, yeah. And I knew from past experience having three more children that, you know, that one thing that children do is they make you actually stop and reflect on your life. Yeah. And so really having her, I, that was my turning point to start looking after me. Yeah. And so that meant yoga, I took up surfing, I took up tennis, I started horse riding. It was it was a real, you know, time. And then I started to really look at my diary. And yeah. so my diary, I blocked out Mondays and Fridays. Yeah. So not that I don't work Mondays and Fridays, but I didn't have any meetings Mondays yeah. and Fridays. And I worked from home. Yeah. I um, blocked out all my time up to 11 o'clock. So yeah. I didn't have any meetings before 11 o'clock. And it worked really well. Yeah. It enabled me to walk my daughter to school at a leisurely place. It enabled me to do my yoga in the mornings. It enabled me to spend time with my husband. It enabled me to actually shop and get some fresh fruit and vegetables and start to do things. So it was, it was those things I put in place. Now, like you, yeah, we still work till midnight and we still, like we're still working 24 seven. We do because that's how we're built. And yeah. it's not because we do it as a chore because we love it. But it was important that my diary got blocked that way yeah. because that stopped, it gave me, first of all, flexibility, but it also stopped just this clump of just meetings for meetings' yeah. sake. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I have a similar, actually, I don't I don't have anything on Mondays and Fridays, but I still work, but I just don't have any meetings. And I, I block my um, diary until 10.30, and that's when mm. I'm between 9 and 10.30 is where I work on my most important project because I feel like that's the time where if everyone knows there's no there's no meetings then I can get that done and then this gives me the flexibility as well to do things that I need to do sometimes that gives the flexibility for sure well it's working for us so people listening yep do that exactly exactly (laughs) give that a go see if that works for you (laughs) I think we might have to cover this but we need to talk about what the greatest lessons you've learned along the way I think there's so many there's so much wisdom from you what what has been the greatest lessons look again a bit like what i said before about you know every day there's a lesson to learn yeah i think the thing i've learned was that you know if the person in your in your business is wrong you've got to get rid of them quick yeah Um, and i've had i've got it wrong (laughs) i've got it wrong and and you know every day that you got the wrong person the role it takes three days to fix it so i've learned that lesson that you need to move that quick so it's really about people. I think the other one is, you know, the only thing that's real in your business is cash. Yeah. You know, because what we find is, and it's a bank account, right? So it's all very well, these accountants doing creative accounting and saying you can do this and do that, but cash is king, yeah. you know. And so even in my business now, as it gets bigger, they sort of go, oh, it's a that's a capital expense. It's like, it's still money, yeah. right? <laughs> Just so we know, it's still cash going out. Like, so it's, so people get caught up on, on profit and losses, but you've still got to see the bigger picture and without cash you can't survive so i think you know people you know cash i think surround yourself with great support you know that that's a big lesson i know that without you know my husband to be there to you know just to be that person that kind of levels me because i used to come home as an absolute stress head and i think because he didn't know the details which was perfect he would just go i'll be fine no problems and then even though i knew that he didn't know the details it just sort of went oh okay it will be fine i'm sure it'll be fine yeah absolutely surrounding yourself with the right people 100 percent so I'm assuming you must have met some amazing, uh, inspiring people throughout your very uh, diverse career. But I'd love to know, out of everyone you met, who has left the most memorable impression, or who were the most who who was the most inspiring person you have met over your look, journey so far? Look, it's interesting because so nothing, no one really pops to mind. Yeah, like I don't sort of go, oh my god, I met. And look, I've met 
some rock stars and movie stars from my years of being a publicist and also working on David Bowie's boat, right? So I've met some super and in actual fact you would think that when you meet them you go oh my god that is you know Michael Caine or that is David Bowie or that is you know Patrick Swayze or Stewart and you think that you'd be blown away by these people right but Patrick Stewart isn't the captain of the Star Trek Enterprise he's not he's just a bloke you know so it's funny that I think maybe because I've come across so many movie stars and things I don't find that I get blown away by people, but that doesn't mean that I don't admire them and I, I get inspired by what yeah. they've done and what they've achieved. I know, you know, I'm envious of some of the people that you're meeting at the moment, you know, and, you know, they are sort of the the pointy end of people that have done some extraordinary things yeah. and I haven't sort of come across those people before. But I get inspired by all sorts of people, you yeah. know. It could be, you know, a team member who you know, really had all of these social issues that overcame them and now is one of our best boosties and gives the most incredible customer experience. You know, it is, you know, it's it's a, you know, older person who you think is just this little old lady who is, you know, just in a home, but you actually ask her the story and she has this incredible story of survival of whether it's a war or in concentration camps. And you just go, oh my God, you're just this normal lady making a great cup of tea, but really you you blow me away. So I think I think the key thing is everyone has a story, yeah. You absolutely. know, and I think just take the time to listen because everyone's got a, something to give you and some lessons to learn of all ages. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's so many amazing people, and I think in this era of when we're alive, there are so many people doing extraordinary things, yeah. and the global impact. There's this really young Swedish girl called Greta. Uh, she's big on social, but basically, um, she is so she cares so much about the environment. So she actually doesn't go to schools on Fridays, and she encourages people to really not go to school. So the governments are doing something about the environment, and she's becoming huge. And um, and you know, my my dream is to get her on the podcast. It'd be so interesting to to hear from her. But, you know, there's so many people doing extraordinary things out of something they really care about yeah. and it doesn't mean that they have to start a global business, but they can just really um, do something that is, uh, is they're passionate about if that's, you know, a, a um, small thing or a big thing. It mm-hmm. doesn't really matter, but those people are super inspiring. So how about you? Who is the most inspiring person you've met? <clears throat> what jumps to mind? Who jumps to mind? So many different people. I, I mean, I get inspired by people who always want to improve. Like I, I'm a bit of a self obsessed personal development you know always want to read and learn and meet people who are doing extraordinary things so anyone in that you know obviously you all these amazing people who are doing entrepreneur things but also you know doing things like Stella McCartney who's really caring about the environment and and um, you know changing the the norms in in the in the fashion industry um you know I, lo- I just did a podcast with Ariana Huffington and you know I love what she's just now want to to get some kind of healthy lifestyle for those crazy people who are working too much, probably you and me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know, she's really time passion, passionate about sleep and all those kind of things because she obviously she kind of completely got burnt out and we know that mm. that that's a big issue out there. So I just get inspired by people who really wants to improve and do better for the world. Mm. For the world. And obviously Terra Trend who we had, uh, Dr. Oh, Terra Trend. I mean, she's incredible. Yeah, and just having someone who just really believed when it was almost impossible to believe that that, that was going to, her dreams were going to come true. She's that classic example of that um, when they say it's um, post-traumatic growth. Yeah. You know, where you've got, you're either born a, 
positive bias or a negative bias. I mean, her, the way that she looked at considering her life and really if you sort of put money on the fact that she would get out of that situation, like that's what's inspiring is yeah. because you go, she had, she was given a bad deck of cards, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. And she just went, I don't care what my deck of cards yeah. are. This is what I'm going to achieve. Yeah. And it's that, and you know, going to what you said about that self-development, how can I be the best version of myself? Yeah. Well, she didn't use excuses for where she lived or her environment to not achieve it. Yeah. She just went and did it. Yeah. And that's why sometimes I get literally quite intolerant of people that just go, oh, I can't. And you go, my God, you you people that have had a harder life than you or got worse deck of cards than you, get on with it. Yeah. Because people, it's their brain. People talk themselves out of success. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I really do. I mean, I, the Dr. Tara Tran's story, if, if, you, if you have dreams, if anyone is listening and don't believe that they can do it, if she can, if she could, Anyone can, because at least we have the, most of us have the freedom yeah. to do whatever we want, uh, if we do the work. But you know, there's no such a thing as you just, you just have to do the yeah. work to, well, to we, change. Well, we got the DNA lottery, right? You yeah. were born in Sweden. I was born in Australia. Yeah. You know, so we were, we were born in countries that really our only obstacles that we've got really is our own obstacles. You know, yeah. we're in a place where women are, you know, are really our own barriers are ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so many inspiring. And that's one of the absolutely privileges to have a, a podcast with inspiring people like you. So thank you. So I'm always amazed by how few people take time out to dream. We talked about this earlier. And really to for people to imagine the future they want and then go and chase it. And what an, a massive impact that would do if everyone was doing um, that, what a great impact that would have uh, on the world. With this in mind, what three dreams would you write down if you knew anything was possible and you couldn't possibly fail to achieve them? Look, it's interesting. See, that's a hard question for me because I think someone like myself or someone like yourself, we don't put barriers on ourselves. Yeah. We have this ridiculous not faith in us. We're not, not, it's not an ego thing of faith. It's more going, we'll give it a go. Yeah. If we might fail, probably will. But that's all right. We'll sort of adjust again. Yeah. So it's not like I feel like I need to dream it. Yeah. Because I think in life you just go and get it. Yeah. So um, it's a hard one. Yeah. Uh, and I also am a firm believer in, you know, every year we write down what I want to achieve for that goal. And, yeah. you know, but and different and success also looks differently as you get older yeah. I mean like success for me or a great night out for me is having my whole family around playing cards yeah. and having dinner yeah. I mean when I was probably 21 I would have gone right success would be maybe meeting David Bowie right <laughs> and you know done that tick right yeah. but so it's interesting what you think you want your dreams to be and yeah. then when you're there what that dream really is yeah so the reality yeah. and so you as you get older it seems like the simple things of what makes you truly happy yeah is to be loved and be loved yeah I know that's sort of as corny as it is but really in life it's kind of what it is yeah and yeah in between there would I like to um you know do, do a bit more travel yes yeah, sure would I you know I'm quite happy with my husband so I'm quite happy to keep him for you know for another 50 <laughs> years but you know but everything else is sort of like you can just make it happen yeah yeah which is a great attitude to have okay what about um, your three things 
Well, you know, my big crazy dream is to inspire 101 million people yep. to write down three dreams and then go and chase them. So that's a massive dream uh, because I think I love to see that happen and I know that that will change the world in a positive way because if everyone loved what they were doing, then mm. that will have a really beautiful ripple effect. Yep. And I think I meet way too many people who are not loving their life, so I like to be um, part of changing that i want to sell a million copies of my book because mm-hmm. we're giving a us dollar um, per book sold to terry and you know terry was um one of her dreams was to open schools in zimbabwe and yeah. she got 1.5 million dollars uh, from oprah to um, to open schools so she now has 11 schools so we have sold 50,000 so far books right and um so we're giving her 50,000 uh, and you know we ha- we just had some people being able to go to university because of that in Zimbabwe. So that's pretty cool. so that's a really nice dream. But you know it's almost impossible um, uh, to say that loud to sell a million books because um, you know never authored a book. But you know I'm dreaming big, so it's um, an exciting dream. And um, I just want to um, uh, being able to do what I do. I truly love what I, I'm doing. I mean there's. Definitely, I'm on the roller coaster every single day, and I, I'm up and I'm down. <laughs> but overall, I do really, really love um, to continue what I'm doing, and um, I get to meet so many inspiring people—not just people who have have created their dream life, but also people who are starting out. And if I can make an impact, that will be amazing. Oh God, I'm such an underachiever in the dreaming world. <laughs> okay, that's my dream—to be a better dreamer. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, dream is so good because I, I, I meet a lot of people who set goals and often mm. when you set goals, you look at where you are today and you might stretch yourself to, you know, be a little bit better or a bit faster or make more money or whatever it is. But if you actually ask yourself, what would I do if I couldn't fail? If I had all the money, the resources, and knowledge, what would you actually do with your life? And that often gives you more freedom to think about, yeah, I could start over. Like you could, you could mm. start, you can change career, you can start a a business you can maybe just start a community blog to change something that you feel really good about or that you feel like i mean a lot of a lot of the good things that are in the world today is because someone was annoyed with something or That's true. were lacking something mm. or found you know need to to change it so um, so I'm very inspired by all that so what do you want to be when you grow up <laughs> <laughs> well I'm hoping I'm hoping to inspire people to dream that's what I want to do when I grow up and well you're certainly <laughs> on the way that's fantastic so 50,000 is probably like 50,000 books in Australia that is by far times 10 of a um, bestseller yeah yeah I know yeah, that's, a, yeah. that's extraordinary yeah no, it's very exciting but you know I'm, I I have a lot to go knowing, no, knowing the numbers <laughs> important in this one but yeah yeah no it's really exciting and um yeah i love it so okay before we finish off there's a few quick questions i'd like you to answer if you could give one piece of advice to the next generation to help them live their dream life what would you say i would say is be brave because mm. it's actually got to be courage you've got to be courageous to actually live your dreams because sometimes to live your dreams you have to do things that are uncomfortable yeah absolutely couldn't agree more. Love that. We already spoken a little bit about this, but I'm sure we can get a little bit more out of you. What are some of your habits or rituals that you practice regularly to enable you to stay focused and live your dream life? Your focus is a really interesting one. I've I um I've just learned and, and use it as a skill. It's pranayama. 
Yeah. Like I'm finding, with this, which is a breathing technique. Yeah. And what I'm finding is I use it a lot for if I'm not stressed. I've just discovered that you should do more cold showers. So I use, I do a bit of box breathing in there or, or some um, holding breath. But even if I go and do a talk, before I go and do a talk, I do something called Brahmari, which is called a, it's actually, that's translated as a black Indian bubble, bumblebee. And it's sort of a humming side that actually sort of just relaxes you. Ah. So some great pranayamas. And yeah. so I've got a sort of a toolkit of pranayamas that I use for breath. Mm. So, um, you know, and breath is such an important um, tool. Absolutely. Talking about breath, we have yeah, Bailey. <laughs> Bailey, stop snoring. He's a, he's a, he's a um, Boston Terrier and he's perfect other than he snores. Yeah, it's beautiful. So, so if people are sort of looking at their, um, they're listening to the podcast and trying to adjust their volume because they think something's wrong, it's not. It's a snoring dog in the background. <laughs> which, is, which is really nice. Feels very human uh, with animals here. Beautiful. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Breath is, is so important. Um, I think we sometimes take that for granted. But um, mm. when you are feeling a little bit out of breath, you know mm. how important your breath is. Well, they, you know what they say is that you don't live on how many years, you live on how many breaths. Yeah. And, you, and that's why when people are stressed, when they're stressed, they have shallow breaths, yeah. shallow, fast breaths. Yeah. So breathe slowly. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have a favorite Kiki K product? Oh, yes. Oh, look, I love the Kiki K products. And actually, I'm just saying because you're here. I love my compendium, yeah. which is um, leather. I like the fact that it's it's quite large so I can, you know, I can put a lot of things in it. It's A4 and I sort of take away everywhere. I don't know if anyone saw Shark Tank, but I um, and if anyone's listening, they would have seen on every single season I had a a A5 um, leather Kiki K compendium. Oh, thank you. And um, I think the first season was black. I think the next one was maroon. And it was, it was just, it's so well designed. I know, again, I know you're here and I know, but if I, if you weren't here, I'd be saying the same thing. So that was my lifesaver. And it actually was great because it fit my sort of my iPad. So then, cause I could actually Google things while I was on Shark Tank yeah. if I didn't know something, <laughs> which I didn't know a lot. And, and then just having, and just be able to write. Yeah. I think the inspi- inspiring people to write yeah. is a really good thing. Yeah. And then I've got a briefcase. I quite like that. So there's, a, yeah, there's a number of things. Mm, I like, um, I, I, when actually what I did, like when I was younger was when my kids were younger was the planner yeah you know having that planner to sort of go right everyone where is it yeah where are they and yeah yeah so that was that was good too yeah, yeah. I could keep going if you like I yeah, no. <laughs> thank you so much I think we should move on to uh, something that I both I think we're both very passionate about and I'm very passionate about uh, books and learning so what's your favorite book and why I know that's a bit of a hard one it's almost like naming your favorite child but um, if you could choose one of the many books that you've read. I've got to say, there's a book I read recently called AI Superpowers. Oh, okay. I haven't read that. No, it's um, Dr. Kulu. Oh, oh, we, can, we can link that to can this. Can you link it, right? Absolutely. And the, look, he, he was, he's, he's worked for some of the top IT juggernauts out there, you know, whether it's Google and, and, um, and he, he talks about the future of AI and how it's a real elephant in the room. We're not giving it the focus that it no. needs. And I found that book was actually such an eye-opener and it was so well-written. So, you know, even someone like me that goes, okay, I understand it. Yeah. And just it, 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 it made me focus on AI and what the good yeah. and also the potential bad is going to be in, in yeah. AI and what we need to be aware of. Yeah. So that was probably one of the most ones that have stuck with me because it was so aha for yeah. me. And, yeah. yeah. 
But um, I quite like apocalyptic vampire movies yeah, and, yeah. and books as well. They're quite good too. <laughs> Great. Well, good. I will, uh, we'll link you to that in the show notes. Thank you very much. But, you know, actually everyone should read AI Superpowers. Yeah. You should because it is we should all be aware of what's coming. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's one of those things that it's kind of – I, I kind of don't want to know, but I also know that we 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 did we do not need to know, and also um, there's so much good in it. But obviously, oh no, there is. I mean, well. it will yeah. cure diseases that we couldn't do on our yeah. own. It will yeah. do an amazing things. But yeah. you know, computers now can see and hear, so yeah. which has now changed the world. <laughs> yes. One last question for you: If you could go back to your younger self, say when you're in your late teens, what advice would you give yourself, knowing what you know now? Right, that's an easy one for yeah. me. I honestly would tell her nothing. And the reason being is that if I gave her a heads up on certain things, she may not have made the mistakes that she needed to make. Yeah. So I sort of, I did some really stupid things, right? You know, kissed the wrong boys and, you know, all the, had, had a baby, had a wedlock, or, you know, all sorts of things, right? And not the wedlock to the wrong guy. That didn't matter. But so, but I sort of look at that 16 year old and she had, she was naive, right? Mm. She had no idea. But she also didn't put barriers on herself. So I to- if I told her how hard the journey was going to be, she may not have started. Yeah. If I told her about, you know, not kissing that boy because that's going to lead to disaster, you know, I may not have had Samuel in my life. Yeah. Right. So in actual fact, I would say to her, I would give her a hug and tell her to go for it. Yeah. And I would, and I would just sort of have a wry smile to go, good luck with that, honey. <laughs> and look, you know, the reason that we're here is because half the time is lucky. You know, yeah. Because, you know, 21, I was young and dung traveling around the world without a mobile phone, internet, no way of communicating. Yeah. But it, it helped me learn how to be resilient. Mm. So I would definitely not tell her anything. Yeah. What would you tell yourself? Well, in the spirit of dreaming, I would just really, you know, I would encourage me to write some really massive big dreams and go for them, which I kind of do. But, yeah. you know, if I if I was 16 and did that, I would, um, might be further along. But also similar, you know, I just, we've done so many mistakes and we do so many things, still making them. And um, it's a learning every day. Yeah. And um, and I think you're really enjoying the, the process because I, th- I think sometimes, me included, we look at the destination, but it's yeah. actually about the journey and yeah. enjoying every day and having fun every day and, um, and making sure that we do everything we want to do in life yes. because one day life will be over and um, as hard it is to realize, if we the quicker we realize that, the more we be more likely to do. Mm. That's why in my book I have that you must actually work out if you think you're going to live to 80 or 100, my dream is to 120. So you work out how many months you have to live. And when you get that amount in, in, in front of you, it's a scary one because life will go so quick. So yeah. why not? Life of your dreams, but that doesn't mean you have to do something big. It could be that you actually want to take a year off or, you know, not work on Fridays or, you know, yeah. see your kids or call your mom, whatever that is. And so, um, yeah. I'm going to be at 122, so we'll hang out. We'll, yeah. have, we'll have no one else around us. No. <laughs> we'll have some young friends. Do you know exactly? 100-year-olds. Exactly to hang out with, yeah. It's funny, you know, when I was younger, I always thought there'd be a cure for death, right? Yeah. And I thought they'll find a cure for that. Yeah. I won't have to worry about death. And hey, I'm not wrong. At this yeah. point, yeah. I'm not proven wrong. Yeah. No. 
Yeah, that's so the part we'll, of it. We'll see. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll talk about it over a glass of wine when we're 120. <laughs> exactly. But on that note, thank you so much, first, for all the support you have given me and the business and um, and also the wisdom that you give to everyone around you. And it's always so fun to catch up with you and so inspiring. And now I'm going to go home and get some stuff done. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. No, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually thrilled to be here. Yeah, no, thank you. Wow, I always get so much out of talking to Janine and this was no exception. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I just love how aligned we are on the idea that everything starts with a dream and also the importance of remembering that life is short and that you have to really think about what you want in life and make sure you go and chase that. As Janine says, it really is all about mindset. You really can achieve anything you set your mind to if you're passionate, resilient, and work hard for it. I could not agree more, which is why you'll find chapters in my book, Your Dream Life Starts Here, that will help you take the time to really reflect, check in, and ask yourself the powerful question of, what would you do with your life if you knew anything was possible and you couldn't possibly fail? If you haven't got a copy yet, it's full of simple steps to help you on your journey of uncovering and chasing your dreams, whatever they may be. If you love this episode, don't forget to subscribe for plenty more inspiration episodes and please tell us what you thought by leaving us a review. I would love your help to spread the inspiring message on the importance of realizing and chasing your dreams. So please share our podcast on social media with the hashtag 101 million dreamers. Until next time, don't forget to dream big and chase your dreams.